Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Industrial Cybersecurity Pulse, or ICS Pulse, podcast. I am one, just but one of your hosts, one of your humble hosts, Gary Cohen, the other not as humble host. Ah, Tyler Wall. Egomaniac, Tyler Wall. Um, we, we have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot to talk about today. So uh, I was... Recently out at S4 in Miami, hard work. Somebody had to do it in the middle of winter, go down to Miami for a few days. I said, I'll do it. I'm a martyr. So I went to Miami and uh, talked industrial cybersecurity for a few days. Um, we did talk. Our guest today is Ben Miller, who is the vice president of services at Dragos, industrial cybersecurity company. Uh, we talked out at S4, so you're going get, to get some great audio we were literally by a pool. There were planes flying over. It, it'll be fun to listen to. But we were talking about their year in review report, their 2022 year in review, which they just released. Um, a lot of things going on in the world. We've got Microsoft. We've got a dull cyber attack. We have much to talk about today, Tyler. We do. But I think first we should talk about things that have already happened in the world. And uh, a fantastic Versus segue. predicting the future. Yeah, yeah. And we're no longer predicting the future. We're talking about the past now. What was like your it. favorite cereal when you were growing up? I guess I should start with, did you eat cereal growing up? But when you did? Almost exclusively, yes. Um, <laughs> favorite cereal growing up. So the ones that I liked growing up were the ones, and I'm not saying we had these in our pantry. We almost never did. But they were the ones that were absolute garbage top to bottom. Like, what was it called? I think it was called Cookie Crisp. It was like little mm. chocolate chip cookies. Yep. Uh, yeah, not healthy, but man, when we got that in the pantry, I was pretty happy. And then I also liked the ones, they, they roll these out like every holiday now. The I don't even know who made these. The like Frank and uh, Booberry and and Count Chocula. And yeah, what was the I other one? So. Frank and something. I want to say it was Frank. I don't know. I don't know what that one those was. those weird cereals that occasionally yeah. my brother and I could harangue my mom into buying us. Mm -hmm. uh, those were the ones that were my favorites. I can't say those are the ones I ate the most, but mm -hmm. those were the ones that I always wanted. Were the ones that were like illicit. Yeah, yeah. So I know for me the one I don't think they sell it anymore because I think it was just so bad for you. But rice crispy treat cereal, not rice crisp, not rice crispy cereal, because rice krispies are different. Rice crispy treat, which is literally they just took rice crispy treats, and like broke it down into smaller pieces so you could pour milk over it and eat it. I would say that was my favorite. If I could eat that for the rest of my life, I think I would. I I never knew that that cereal existed. I will say you can get rice crispy treats and just pour milk over them if you really That's want true. to. That's yeah. true. I know they were especially nice if you let them soak for a second too, absorb some of that milk. Oh man, yeah, delicious. No, I died. Never even heard of that one. Yeah, absolutely delicious. So one of the big things that happened this week, segue, mm -hmm. uh, is and uh, there's there are very few details out about this right now, uh, but I was writing about it for our site this week. Is uh, a couple of days ago it came out that food and produce giant Dole. Uh, had a ransomware attack on their system. So it, it, it CNN Business first reported it, I think, uh, on February 22nd, um, that Dole was the victim of a cyber attack. It temp temporarily shut down their production plants in North America and halted some shipments. So I guess um, grocery customers had noticed that Dole prepackaged salads were not really on the shelves anymore. 
And uh, some exasperated grocery store place in Olney, Texas, posted on their Facebook page a memo they'd gotten from Dole saying, hey, we've been in a cyber attack. This is why this isn't happening. Since then, Dole has come out and confirmed it. By the time you hear this, there may be more details out. But I think that's... um, you know, the, the food and beverage sector is definitely getting hit more often. This is actually from the Dragos Year and Review Report, which catalog ransomware attacks by sector. Purportedly, this is a ransomware attack on Dole. Uh, manufacturing was the hardest hit, according to Dragos, with 437 incidents in 2022. But food and beverage came in second. I mean, a distant second, 52 attacks, but still lots of attacks on food and beverage. And I mean, you know the names, like... JBS got attacked, Ferrara Pan got attacked, Molson Coors got attacked, the Campari Group got attacked. So it's uh, food and beverage is definitely one that is getting hit quite a bit by ransomware. And I mean, and part of that, I don't know enough about the attack to know what happened yet, but it did shut down operations. And whether the attack came in on the IT side, which it likely did, or came directly into OT if they were targeting OT. More and more often when these ransomware attacks come through now, you are seeing operations shut down, which obviously for manufacturers, for a company like Dole, that's bad news. Absolutely. Of those that you list, I think the most unfortunate one is honestly the Molson door or a cores, but that's for alternative reasons. So that's just a personal preference of yours. You were sad that Molson cores was not on the shelves. It was, not, it was an unfortunate one. You know, Dole, I don't know if you guys, this is a total side tangent, but I don't know if you've ever been to the Dole Plantation, and I guess I don't know if you've ever been to Hawaii, but in Hawaii, there's the Dole Plantation. You can go visit there. It's amazing. Dole Whip. So it's sad to think that old Dole got hit by a cyber attack. I actually have been to the Dole Plantation. I was like 13 at the time, but I did go. You know what? I was also actually 13. So... (laughs) That's passing kind of, decades apart but yeah that's right i know years. i know that mean that was 10 years ago for me now but um yes. we've clarified that the perfect age to visit the dole plant is uh the, the dole whatever it is the, the plantation is uh, yes 13 yes it is and uh some other cybersecurity news from the past week um microsoft had to actually issue a, an emergency patch for a zero-day vulnerability in internet explorer uh a zero-day vulnerability uh if you do not know, although I'm sure you do know if you're listening to this podcast, uh, this is more so for myself. Um, a zero-day vulnerability is basically a vulnerability that has been announced, but there is no patch for it yet. So this emergency patch remedies that zero-day patch. Um, however, uh, this vulnerability, I mean, it can lead to remote execution and uh, basically can... Um, allow different threat actors to target websites and do malicious things there relating to files. Um, and it, the different versions of Windows that need to be updated were 9, 10, and 11. I don't know how many people still use Windows 9, um, but I'm sure there are plenty, especially given the amount of uh, uh, OT legacy like systems that need to be updated too i'm sure they're probably on still windows vista so um yeah so that was kind of a bigger deal in the past week in terms of a cybersecurity news just patches that need to happen and it seemed to kind of sneak up but then again what kind of cyber tech doesn't sneak up so exactly yeah yeah and it's been you know i i found it very interesting talking about cybersecurity on the ot side Oh, uh, we attended S4 a, a couple of weeks ago, probably by the time you're listening to this. 
Um, it, it was, which was very interesting. It's the first time we'd been out to S4, uh, Dale Peterson's event down in Miami. It is entirely industrial. So right up our alley, uh, a lot of talk about OT systems and ICS. Um, but also a, for a cybersecurity conference, just kind of a good vibe. I mean, you know, on, on Wednesday, and this is where I met, uh, Ben Miller of Dragos, they have something called the cabana sessions, which is people put up cabanas out by a hotel pool and they have drinks and it's uh, like open bar and food and, you know, people get to know each other and it's, it is a really interesting thing. So, um, yeah, the event there, we'll be talking about it more and more on the podcast. Cause I, I recorded a couple of, uh, of pot of interviews while I was there. Uh, so you'll hear those as, as time goes on, as you continue to listen to the podcast, if you continue to listen to the podcast, if the serial discussion didn't dissuade you from listening again, um, but there's a lot of good stuff that came out of that conference. And, and part of it was, I really enjoyed talking to, to Ben Miller of Dragos about their year in review report. So they had released it just before this event. Um, Tyler and I both attended the, you know, when they, they had a kind of a press release of it where they talked through where, uh, Robert Lee, the CEO and, and Ben Miller was there too. They kind of talked through the report. And there, there are a number of things that were really interesting, but the one that they talked about the most, and Ben and I will talk about this in the podcast and the interview, was uh, Pipe Dream, one that they and a partner helped uncover, uh, which was really not ever leveraged out in the wild. It was found and, um, you know, Dragos and some of their partners helped get the word out there. So it didn't end up becoming uh, a big catastrophe out there, but, but a really interesting thing because it is as they said, the first reusable cross-industry capability that impacts native functionality in industrial protocols in a wide variety of devices. So as they talked about during the, the release of this report, it used to be prior to this, prior to, prior to Pipe Dream, that if you worked in nuclear and you saw that there was a cyber attack in oil and gas, you went, that's bad. Let's look at what they did and shore up our systems. But the attack most likely was very specific to that oil and gas manufacturer, meaning it could not be turned around quickly and leveraged on you. You didn't have to worry that one day later it was going to hit you and your nuclear plant. Um, because of you know homogenous nature of tech stacks and things like that, now Pipe Dream is able to do that. It is able to be turned quickly. And so that sort of idea that it is reusable, it is cross-industry, uh is a very scary capability that's out there yeah again it was a fantastic when we the, the event we attended was very well put together and i liked one of the visuals they used obviously i can't display visuals on a podcast but i can describe them for you so they uh put an image up there and it was of the world and it separated ransomware incidents by continent and if you had to bet your money on anything which uh continent do you think was hit the most by ransomware in 2022 i i if you're asking me i'm guessing it was not uh antarctica i'm guessing it was uh Safe probably guess. probably north america would be my it guess. was north america north america took on 40 percent of the world's uh known ransomware attacks globally with 247 incidences alone which uh, it was basically not quite half of all of the ransomware incidents in the world in 2022, which is not terribly shocking. I feel like 
there's a a combination of the just generally North America is able to identify it more ransomware attacks. I think that might be part of it, but um, yeah, I thought that maybe Asia would be up there a little bit more. Asia sits at about 18% of the world. I thought that might, they might be a little higher, but nonetheless, shocking data, Africa, 1%. I'm sure you were curious, but yeah. And it's, you know, if you look at the kind of attacks that are out there, obviously we are, Industrial cybersecurity pulse. So we're looking at uh, industrial attacks and OT side attacks, right. uh, which tend to not get as much um, coverage as IT side attacks for obvious reasons. But you know, in the in their in this report, this year in review report, uh, you know, manufacturing was the target of seventy two percent of ransomware attacks on industrial orgs in twenty twenty two. So manufacturing, this is these are specific attacks on industrial organizations, not all attacks. But manufacturing, like I said, is is getting hit harder than ever. Food and beverage getting hit harder than ever. Critical infrastructure definitely in the crosshairs. Uh, CVEs went up, not dramatically, 27% more in 2022 than 2021. Um, so a lot of really interesting stuff out there, which, which we will talk through with Ben Miller, who I think we will bring in now. So uh, Ben, great guest. He is the Vice President of Services at the industrial cybersecurity company, Dragos Inc., where he leads a team of analysts responding to OT, ICS intrusions, and a delivery of assessments, hunts, training, and research efforts to improve OT, ICS defenses and security. Again, fair warning on this one. Uh, we were standing by a pool at the Kamana sessions. There were people walking by. Uh, there, there were people... Uh, walking by who probably had a frosty beverage in their hand. Uh, there was a plane that flew over at one point. So the audio is not going to be crystal clear, but definitely you can make out what we're saying. And uh, we were probably having a better time during this interview than we usually have during these interviews, because again, we were standing in shorts and a t-shirt by a pool, but uh, we really appreciate Ben Miller coming on with us. And uh, here he is. Hey everybody, this is Gary Cohen. We are live at S4 in Miami Beach. For those of you who are still experiencing winter, I'm doing this podcast by a swimming pool with a lot of people. There's going to be some background noise, but you know, just know that I'm in the 75 degree sun while you're in the winter, wherever you are. Today, we're talking to Ben Miller of Dragos. Very excited to have him on. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. So you guys uh, released your year in review not too long ago. I think it was on February 14th. Nice little Valentine's Day drop for everybody. Um, just out of curiosity, what, what made you guys start the report? I think you've been doing it five or six years now. Why did you feel like there was a need for this? Yeah, absolutely. So it, we've been running for six years now. And six years ago was a, a little bit of a different time, right? There was a lot of stories on attacks around industrial, control, uh, industrial security. Okay, start that over. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, discussions on attacks around industrial security, a lot of anecdotes. Certainly you had the S word, right? Like Stuxnet, you had Havex, you had Ukraine 2015, uh, but there wasn't any data behind it. There wasn't anything that you could really realistically measure and, and try and understand. Uh, so that was the, the very beginning of the year in review is just what data does Dragos have that we could provide back to the community? Uh, in six years running, we, we've identified some trends and, and continuations of stories, and, and that's really what the year in your view is based off of. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine it can be dangerous if this kind of information isn't being shared, people are going off of anecdotal evidence. I mean, actually having some hard evidence, I imagine, has been beneficial for this community. Yeah, it, it turns into ebbs and flows, right? Like, the, the sky is falling, or no, the sky is not falling, everything's fine. 
Uh, and, and the realistic truth is somewhere in the middle there. And, and that's what we're trying to uh, be able to, to illustrate with the data that we have. Or, or tease out maybe it is one way or the other and let the data speak for itself. Part of your report was talking about how the the incidence of people targeting industrial manufacturing, industrial operations has gone significantly up. What would you say is behind that right now? Yeah, so certainly there's some sophisticated out there, uh, actors out there that we track and uh, threat groups. Uh, we have 20 of them that we track that are focused around in industrial uh, environments and uh, doing targeting around there. Uh, and then the, the big uptick is, uh, quite frankly, ransomware and the rise of ransomware that uh, isn't it's focused on industrial environments. I'm sorry. It's focused on industrial customers, uh, but not necessarily in industrial environments. But the, the security posture of them allows the industrial uh, impacts to, to still occur, move into the OT environments. And that's the big concern there. One of the big things in this report, you guys talked a lot about Pipe Dream. So let's talk Pipe Dream for a second. So t- tell me what you guys found about this and how it was different from the kind of malware that you guys have tracked before. Yeah, so Pipe, Pipe Dream is uni- unique in that it's tailored towards industrial control systems. So by that very nature, uh, it, it is the, the tip of the, the pyramid as far as capability is concerned there. Uh, but you, over time, you'll see the development of, of some of the, the malware, like Crash Override is focused on substation automation uh, and, and some of the protocols that are in, in there. You have uh, Trisys that's uh, really focused on uh, safety systems with the Triconic systems. What makes Pipe Dream unique is that it's going after uh, software codices, which is deployed not only on, on like one PLC. It's, it's something that's saturated in the market. So there's hundreds of vendors uh, with thousands of product lines that are affected by uh, Pipe Dream that could, uh, and Pipe Dream could be reasonably used in those environments. So you're impacting not one vertical, but uh, many verticals, many, many different environments. One of the things Robert Lee, the CEO of Dragos, talked about was the fact that this is scalable. It can turn around quickly. Previous malware, if there was an attack on energy, it was probably tailored toward energy. It wasn't going to be turned around to an automotive manufacturer the next day. How is Pipe Dream different in that regard? Yeah, so Pipe Dream allows for, for the, the ability of deploying uh, this sort of Swiss Army knife tool across multiple, multiple verticals as you, as you receive your targets rather than coming from the other direction of, I have a target, let's develop a capability there. Uh, so it, it's giving a lot of flex- flexibility to the attackers. And quite frankly, the attackers learn from each other as well. So Pipe Dream is the first. It won't unfortunately be the last. Uh, I'm sad, but probably very true. Um, how much is, I mean, people are going to a more homogenous infrastructure these days. Technology stacks are similar. How much has that impacted things like Pipe Dream, the development of Pipe Dream? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the, the protocols and, and technologies like Codesys I mentioned earlier, but you also have uh, technologies like uh, OPC UA that's being utilized there. That's uh, OPC is used in everywhere, right? Uh, so that homogenous nature is really what's being targeted in Pipe Dream. One thing that was mentioned in the review and you and I talked about briefly, Pipe Dream has gotten some press. People have talked about it. But it seems like it has, not, has been, in my humble opinion, a little bit undercover given the, the scale and scope of what this thing could have been. Yeah, absolutely. So the community has always been focused on lessons learned from attacks and always wanting to get ahead of the attack, right? Like, let's do something before the attack happens. Uh, and Pipe Dream represents a, a great use case of we, we found this capability before it was actually employed out there in the community. Uh, and, and that kind of hit a, a flat note there 
on, well, it didn't have an impact, so why should we worry about it? Uh, and, and that's unfortunate because it's a chance for us to actually learn and, and an opportunity where the defense got ahead of the offense, which is an amazing story. How difficult is that to do? I mean, to actually, be, I mean, I know that's the goal of everybody. Let's be ahead of the attackers. I mean, how, how did you guys, if you can answer this succinctly, how did you guys manage to do that? Yeah, so we have a variety of partners that we work with. Uh, they identified that something was off uh, with Pipe Dream, but they didn't have the expertise to, to troll, uh, truly dive deep into it. Uh, brought it to us. We were, we were able to uh, work with them uh, with our research team. Picked up a lot of gear. I uh, did a lot of analysis over months uh, to prove out just what their finding was. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, we just talked about, like, people love the sensationalistic. Something big happened, and it's easier to report on that. What was Pipe Dream going after? And, I mean, like, what could the result have been if you guys hadn't gotten ahead of it? Uh, so the results are fairly straightforward in that they, they would really be able to deploy and have control the industrial process, have an impact to the industrial process at the end of the day. So from an impact perspective, you're about turning a valve off that shouldn't be turned off or uh, creating pressure where pressure shouldn't be, affecting the process at the end of the day. So talking about safety, you're talking about environmental concerns. Uh, that That's the realm that Pipe Dream is playing in. Another interesting thing I've heard you talk about, I've heard Robert Lee talk about, is this idea of chasing CVEs. There's a million CVEs out there. It's pretty easy to chase your tail if you're trying to stop every one of those. Very few of them actually have been proven to impact OT systems. Um, how do you get companies to, to not do that, to not worry about every single CVE that's out there and ask, actually focus on the ones that impact them? Yeah, I think you have to be level-headed on, on identifying the CVEs that actually have an impact to the mission. Uh, and, and that impact is, uh, the number of CVs that have that impact are relatively small. We're talking about 2% of the CVs over the last year could have a significant impact. So instead of asking the facility to do something that's impossible, hey, we're going to patch your facility on a reoccurring basis going forward, like that is the antithesis of, of the mission, right? Of how they produce what they produce. Yeah. So it's understanding how to back into that and, un and coming up with something that's reasonable and effective at the end of the day. I assume you also just have to take a risk-based approach for your organization. What are your vulnerabilities? What are the things that are going to impact you? Right. If there is a machine that's sitting in your environment and you patch it, but you can issue an unauthenticated command and it has the same sort of uh, remote code execution, if you will, capability to it, did you solve anything? Like, at the end of the day, it's not about measuring how many vulnerabilities we patched. It's about what was the outcomes from that. And that's really uh, where uh, the, the security teams need, need to mesh in with uh, the operations teams to, to understand what that is. Right. So, uh, obviously, we're here at S4. You can probably hear in the background. Um, but, I mean, customers <laughs> coming in, has there been anything that you're hearing, thing, refrains from yeah. people? Yeah, I think a, a lot of the noteworthy conversation in the hallways, uh, certainly around just the, the size of the conference has grown substantially uh, from last year uh, and, and the amount of attention and focus this has across uh, asset owners and the community in general is encouraging uh, and, and something that hopefully will continue to develop as we move into the uh, not only next year's S4 but the other conferences and, and see the, the, the involvement of the community. Got it. So what, what do you want people to take from the year in review report that you guys just put out? What are, what are the points that people should remember out of this report? 
Yeah, so there's definitely a chance to learn from an attack that didn't happen with Pipe Dream and the capability that represents. Uh, but there's also a lot of blocking and tackling that still needs to happen across all of our engagements. The, the four consistent findings have remained the same over the last four years. It's about uh, perimeters and, and weak perimeter control, lack of, or the use of 